Sports 1440. Low down with low tide. Hanging around until 2 o'clock today. My friend Declan Kruger making sure that everything goes well. And my other friend, I have two, Steve Lansky joins us now. Uh, Steve, are you on some kind of mountaintop or are you in a coulee somewhere? I always expect you doing some kind of, you know, wildlife thing. Well, I'm looking at a lake and I can see some birds on it and there's a little breeze and it's about 22 degrees. Nice. So I guess the answer is yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Where are you? Bonneville. Oh, well, that's a very nice area. Yes. I decided to come up for the start of the Alberta Junior League season tonight. Not really, but I will be going to the game in a, in a wild coincidence. That's actually my th- that's my third question. Yes. It would be my tenth because I always have more questions uh, on top of questions. But I, I said, "How are you going to enjoy junior hockey?" That was the question I was going to have, and clearly, it involves the AJHL. Two games in two days, baby. Pontiac's hosting the Dragons tonight. Calgary Canucks tomorrow night. Yes, cannot, absolutely cannot wait. I'm thinking of going and sitting on the outside the arena in a chair until they unlock the doors. I think, it's a, I think it may not happen, but I'm considering it. You know, what I love about you is that you are a passionate guy about not just like the, the top end, and you spent many, many years doing that, but the, the grassroots of it too. And the HHL has produced great talent, but great people too, and it's highly entertaining league. I love I love hockey, as you know, and I love baseball, too. But you, I think you can only say you truly love a sport if you love all levels of it. And I get it. You, you know, junior A hockey is not NHL-level hockey, but I love watching it because those kids are highly motivated. And the fans are highly motivated, and they love coming to the games. To me, that's what sports is. It's people, and I love all the people involved in it. Yeah. True. Also, there are. I remember the year I, I have like maybe three or four scouts I talk to every year, NHL scouts. And the year Kale McCarr played in the AJHL, his draft year, I couldn't shut them up about. It. I would ask about somebody, but I saw McCarr and he's really good. And and that kind of talent, I'm not saying comes through every time, but the AJHL really does provide some outstanding talent and some guys who will play in the National Hockey League. You know, you bring up a good point. And what I try to do every game is I try to just pick, you know, sometimes I look at the scoring leaders, but I just pick one guy from each team. And I'm going to kind of keep an eye on this player tonight. And sometimes you're right. It's not much. Uh, But other times, I mean, I watched um, the Winnipeg Ice come in against the Oil Kings last year. And Zach Benson had six points. And I just happened to be watching him that night. It was an afternoon game, actually. And I thought, wow, I'm really glad I picked him to watch today because he had a hell of a game and then could turn into a hell of a player. I realize it's Major Junior, but kind of the same thing. Yeah, it is. And, and it's it's development, and they're young, and they're finding their way. And, and uh, I agree with that. I think Zach Madison's going to be a really good player. So you and I are going to rumble a little bit here about uh, Toronto Blue Jay, and then we're going to talk about the Blue Jays and their terrible uh, run here against the Texas Rangers. But... Okay. You tweeted out something about Alec Manoa saying he'll never play something or other, or and I, like I, I have to disagree. I think this is an organizational thing. I, I think the organization, and you can see it in their play. You can see it how Vladimir Guerrero. There's something wrong with the Toronto Blue Jays, Steve. Okay, so uh, first of all, first off, I have to qualify. I measure every word in a tweet carefully, and I know exactly what I said. I said his days as an elite. I used the word elite. Pitcher with the Jays are done and very possibly also in Major League Baseball. That doesn't mean he's done as a pitcher. But if you considered him to be an elite pitcher, I think he's done. 
I don't know whether it's organizational or not. I mean, we've obviously seen it with other players, um, position players. I mean, Steve Sachs couldn't throw anymore at one point. Um, I can't remember at this very second who's the pitcher that became an outfielder for the California Angels because oh, he couldn't pitch anymore. Remember? Yeah, I do. And I, uh, Rick Ankiel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. Oh. St. Louis Cardinals. You're Thank right. You. Bang Thank on. You. Nice job. Would have been a month <laughs> before I got that. Rick Ankiel is correct. And so I'm not saying it's that. But what I'm saying is, and, and you and I have talked about this, and I, I still find it disturbing that Manoa mouthed off before the Mariners, the Mariners series last year. I don't know what you're thinking, but obviously you think you're cock of the walk, and you're not. And it, he's never been the same since then. And I think he got slapped down real good, like emotionally, by what he did and how he didn't perform in that key first game against the Mariners. I mean, the second game was a gong show, but the first game is the one that mattered. Yes. And he gave up four runs in one inning, and that was it. That's all that's required. And when you get to the postseason in baseball, that's all that's required sometimes anyway. So don't screw up even. And then Sportsnet did a, it felt like a 63-part series to start this season about Manoa and how great he was. And if you go back and watch that and look where he is now, I mean, that would be a fascinating thesis or case study on exactly what the hell can happen to an athlete between the years. Because it's not like he became less physically talented. But between the years, I, there's just nothing left. I can't think of any other way to say it. Well, I, I just, I can't, you cannot, he, he was a bull. He was a stud. He was the kind of guy that the Dodgers always get, where, where you're like, holy mackerel, this guy's going to pitch brilliantly for 20 years and go to the hall. And, and like, I mean, it's only a year and a half now. It's not going to look like anything. He wasn't Steve Blass or Joe Cowley losing the fastball after a little bit of a career or a longer career in Blass's case. He's just starting out and they lose him now. I, I like, Maybe it's the player, Steve, but this cannot happen. The Blue Jays cannot, you can't lose a guy who's going to be your number one starter for a decade like this. So do you think, Al, that there are voices that he's hearing that he shouldn't be hearing? Like, do you think that's a possibility? Well, it, it could well be. What, what uh, The other thing that, you know, you, you, you made the point about him losing his confidence and, and you know, I think pitching is a lot of confidence, and maybe he just hasn't been able to get that back, and that would be part, mostly him, but also the pitching coach and the manager have to instill that in him. And and you know, I don't know about velocity. That's one thing I don't know. I don't know how far his velocity is off where it was when he was on top. But I I I, I do agree with you. I don't think he'll be with the Blue Jays a year from now. But if he ends up in Kansas City or Pittsburgh and turns it around, then the Jays are going to have to answer that for a long time. I think he's going to turn it around if if the voice and, and I mean I don't mean internal voices I mean external voices pitching coaches managers general managers people that he respects and listens to if those voices give him the proper promotion and instill the proper ideas in him because I think players very very often start having problems when they just there's no other way to say it they're just listening to the wrong people hmm. and and. And quite frankly, they're listening to any people. I mean, I think when you think of the greatest players of all time, baseball, hockey, any sport, you name it, my guess is they don't listen to too many people but themselves because they don't need any crap from the outside. They don't need 
you know, John Schneider putting their arm around his shoulder and say, you know, you'll, don't worry, you'll get it back. The best don't need that crap. Look at Jack Morris. You think Jack Morris no, listens no. to anybody? You <laughs> no. think Bob Gibson listens <laughs> no. to anybody? No. You know? no, no <laughs> you, know? you think Nolan Ryan listens to anybody? You think Greg Maddox listens to Tom Glavin? They never listen to anybody. They just said, you know what? I'm great, and I'm going to go out and be great. It sounds so stupidly simplistic, but I I believe it's true. I really do. Steve Lansky from Big Mouse Watch joining us. Okay, so now is Vladdy listening to the wrong people? Because he looks lost at the plate. Yes, it's entirely possible. Uh, great transition by you. Yes, it's entirely possible. Because I think that it's a really rare athlete, and I think Wayne Gretzky was one, who – never, ever thought anybody could add much to the component they already brought. Because as soon as you have uncertainty, and it's the same in, in what you and I are doing right now, Al. If you and I are, you, you know, you're, you're sitting there in the studio and you have some uncertainty, I can, listener, I can hear that. Well, it's the same as an athlete. As soon as you have uncertainty, you're in trouble. And maybe you generate your own. Maybe it comes from somewhere else. But as soon as Laddie thinks it, he's uncertain about something, you're in deep trouble. You're yeah. up to your ankles in it already. You just can't be uncertain. And that doesn't mean cocky. Because, you know, there were times when Wayne Gretzky was cocky. But a lot of times, if you can back it up, it's not that. I just think it's a really strong, thorough, core, emanating from your core certainty. And if you don't have that, you will never, ever reach the level you want to each in any performance, sport, or, or vocation. You just won't. If the Jays blow this, does Schneider survive, or do they go higher than the manager? Mm, that's a good question. Um, first of all, I'm not sure they're going to blow it. Um, you know, if they'd, if they'd won all four, I think they're in. But I think losing all four, I'm I'm not sure yet, and so I think there's there's still a way to manage it. This team reminds me a bit of the '87 Jays, and I don't have it in front of me, and I didn't look it up, but I feel like they lost their last six in a row. Yeah, they did against Detroit, and, I believe, right? Y- yeah, yeah. I, it, it, three were against were against Detroit, and I can't remember who the other Milwaukee. Two. Lost all six. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, I'll buy it. And, and they went, and they, they they were out. This team reminds me a bit of that. And that when it's crunch time, they just literally collapse. Now, the only difference is these Jays have X number of games left. That Toronto team had no games left. Um, It's really hard to know without being in the room whether John Schneider's accountable. But I will say this. If you're struggling as a team and you and I are hitting and, and you're struggling and I'm struggling, at some point, the manager's got to be the one to get it turned in the right direction because you're working your tail off. I'm working my tail off and it's not working. Well, the only other component there is the manager and the other players. But if they're struggling too, you know, unless I'm David Schneider, I'm in trouble. Then that's where the, I, I really think that's where the manager earns his money. And I think that's why, you know, guys like Billy Martin and Dick Williams, to me, were always the best managers in baseball yeah, because I, they could always get the most. Out of, I mean, Billy Martin hated Reggie Jackson Scott, <laughs> and Reggie Jackson won two World Series. I realize Bob Lemon was the manager the second time, but won two World Series. 
like you got to be able to work in that situation. You got to be able to find that player and motivate him. And if you can't do that, you probably are in trouble. Yeah. You know, I remember from that, that I think it was 87. uh, I remember Sparky Anderson on the Saturday NBC pregame game of the week with Joe Garagiola saying, we don't belong on the same field as the Jays. We're shocked that we're here. You know, I'm, we're just trying to hang on. And then they went out and swept them. Like just the Sparky Anderson just talking his usual crap and corruption and it worked and they won. They now Detroit was a good team, but the Jays were a really good team. I'll tell you what, if I'm sitting in the room, all the manager has to say to me is, you know, I got to be honest with you guys. I don't see you having much chance in this series. <laughs> I don't see you being in the, being in the same level as the Blue Jays. Holy cow. That would motivate me like you could not possibly imagine. As soon as somebody tells me that I can't do something, screw you. I'm doing it right now. And Sparky was, you know, I said, I said Dick Williams and Billy Martin, I should have thrown Sparky in there. because <laughs> Now, he had a great team with the Red Machine. He did. But boy, could he, man- he could manage to, eh? Yeah. He, uh, now, I'm going to hold you to this. So whatever you say, we're going to run back a thousand times uh, okay. over the next, you know, whenever. Uh, uh, Kruger's got all the controls and he knows how to use them. Uh, I understand. Oilers, how far do they go this year? How do you feel about them? What, what's your what's your trick knee telling you about the Edmonton Oilers? They're going to go the same distance as last year. Um, they're going to possibly reach the conference finals, but that's it. And I think that it's it's a real rarity, Al for a goaltender to be better the second year than he is the first year. And I think I, I, my biggest fear is what Stuart Skinner will do this year, because if he doesn't play out of his mind, I, I just don't see the Oilers committed to, you know, the best goalies don't see a lot of pucks. Mm-hmm. They're great because they're good goalies, but they just don't see a lot of pucks. And they don't see a lot of good pucks. And those are the best teams. Those are the teams that succeed. When Aiden Hill comes in for Laurent Boissois, I know damn well Vegas looked around the room and said, you know what, he's just not going to see any pucks. And this is going to solve that problem. And sure enough, it did. Until the Oilers come to the admission within themselves that scoring goals are charming and lovely and the red light is very beautiful, that's not how you win games. You win games by keeping pucks out of your net and making sure your goalie sees the minimum number of shots. If they don't do that this year, nothing, I mean nothing, is going to change. It can be changed because it's all in a mental mental capacity. But unless that changes, I don't see them going any further. I really don't. Well, that's a great take, and I'm glad I asked you that question. I've got one more for you. Okay. Next summer, Leon Dreisaitl will have one year left on his contract. If they only get through one round, that becomes an issue because they'll want to sign them, and they can next summer. Is that going to be the thing we're talking about a summer from now? Well, I hope not. I hope we're talking about how much we love the Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final and the parade. But <laughs> I, I, I think it, I think it'll be a discussion, especially if they underachieve this year. Then it's then it's going to be a really tough discussion, right? Like yeah. what, like you, you know, and, and again, this could be another college thesis. How big is the window? And not just for the Oilers, but for any team. How long is that window open? I mean, it seems for the Atlanta Braves, that window has just been propped open with 
you know, two sticks, and, and then it's been welded in place. So yes. that's never going to close for some reason. But for other teams, your window's probably it just seems like it's about three years to me, three or four years. Well, we're right in that window, so then what do you do next year? I really hope that's not the discussion, but I think it's entirely possible that it will be. Lansky, you're always brilliant. Your last two answers were over-the-top good. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. All right. Take care, my friend. All right. That was really insightful stuff from Steve Lansky. And I know you're happy with both answers, but that's not what he does. He doesn't say things to make you happy. He says things because he believes them. And now we can talk about it. You can text us. Text line, isn't that what the, the big time shows? Text lines are open now. one 401 Text us. Let us know if you agree, disagree with Steve. He brought it today, as he always does. And we'll take a break and then talk about it. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. 120, Lowdown with Low Tide, Sports 1440. Our entire show, the whole kit and caboodle, is brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Ask for Doug. Great guy. That song taught me and an entire generation of North Americans what a Vegemite sandwich is. I used to eat Vegemite all the time as a kid. Vegemite and Marmite, yep. Very popular on toast in our household. Marmalade's good. Marmite, not marmalade. Marmite. What's Marmite? I think it's just another word for Vegemite. <laughs> Like it's a British, it's British as opposed to Australian. I, I gotcha. Yeah. I, I think I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Uh, you know, I forgot to mention that Steve Lansky will be in studio with us next week. Mm, yeah, next nice. Friday he'll be treat here. for everybody. I think we might have him for two segments. Are you okay with that? Would you be okay with that? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much say, so I'm I'm pretty much well. Okay with but anything. I'm giving you say. I'm giving you know you no, can no. exercise your authority there. No, no, no. That's no. not for me to decide. You know you, the 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 previous producers I had all said that, and then within a week of of taking over. They were saying, okay, don't say this word anymore. Stuff like that. They had, so, they had you on a short leash. Well, yeah. No, you, know. you got a little bit more room with me. I'll I think you... probably management requested it, mm-hmm. but I, you know how it goes. Now, it, it is time for a brand new feature, and I'm quite proud of the, the title of this because I thought of it, and I have like one good idea every, I don't know, 20 years. So Declan has... A top is it top five or top ten? Top five. Top, top five, five list every week, and we did it last week, and we're going to do it right now. But we needed a title, so it's declinations. Top I, five, or what are we calling it? The top five declinations of the okay, week. Okay, I like it. I like I like the D list, but you told me that was Kathy Griffin, so you know copyright issues couldn't get that. You came up with right. this one pretty quickly, and uh, I think it was the perfect name week. for it. One whole week it took me. That's a long time. Well, it took me the same amount of time, and I couldn't think of anything. So. Well, you know, I think I, 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 uh, copying Kathy Griffin is not such a bad thing. Very funny lady, mm-hmm. although she got into huge trouble a few years ago, but quite quite clever. All right, so it's time for Declinations Top 5, and you have... What are we going with? What's the subject today? Today, the industry we're in, it's very apt. The top five best broadcaster calls in sports history. Oh, wow. Yeah. And of course, this one, it, it would be unjust for me not to play the audio. So I will be playing the audio. Oh, you've got five audio clips? I do, yep. Oh, wow. I do. That's Um, excellent. I'm looking forward to this. No, it's good. Well, listen, I'm ready to get right into it if you are. I'm I'm turning my microphone off. Okay. Number five. Oh, the band is out on the field! He's going to go into the end zone! 
So that one, obviously, banned is out on the field from the play Cal Stanford 1982. It was, I believe it was Joe Starkey with the call. He was on a, lo- he was on a local radio station there for the Cal Network. Yeah, one of, the, one of the all-time most iconic, if not the most iconic plays, and it goes with one of the most iconic, if not most iconic, broadcaster call. It so that's was my number five. incredible and uh, complete chaos, and he called it perfectly. All right, number Four. 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. That one was from the Iron Bowl between uh, number one seed Bama at the time and number four seed Auburn back in 2013. Bama kicked a 57-yard field goal to try and win the game. It was short. Chris Davis ran it all the way back. And it was actually Rob Rob. Ramplett, I believe his name was, of the Auburn IMG Sports Network with that famous call. It wasn't Gary or Vern on CBS. It was the guy on the Auburn Radio Network. And that one, I still get goosebumps when I watch that. Amazing. All right. Number three. Unbelievable! A home run for Gibson! And the Tigers have won the game 5-4. to I don't believe what I just saw! I don't believe what I just saw! So presented pretty much without comment. I don't believe what I just saw. That was Kirk Gibson's home run in game one of the 88 World Series. They won that game 5-4 against the Athletics. Uh, Jack Buck of the CBS Radio Broadcast Network was with the call on that one. And that's one I think a lot of people realize. Like it really, that one really sticks out to you. Sticks with a lot of people. Very iconic. Very much. And the, the Vin Scully call of the same, the same moment. Yes. Uh, I think his line was, in a year when the imp- of the improbable, the impossible has just happened. And it was, I watched that, I was stunned. Eckersley never gives up a home run like that. And Gibson, anything but a home run, he couldn't get around the bases. It was, it was madness to play him. Lasorda does it and they win. Number two. You may hear it. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Howard Cassell's probably... Mo- the, the call most synonymous with him. That one's from the 1973 heavyweight title fight. Joe Fraser at the time, I think he was 25 and 0, two, one or two fights removed from fighting Muhammad Ali. Fighting this guy, George Foreman, we didn't know anything about, and he goes down in the first round. George Foreman goes on to stop him in the second round. And again, I think Howard Cassell's most famous call and one of the most famous in all of boxing history. I saw that. I watched it with my dad. He loved boxing, and because of that, I loved. And, and the, the 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 next line was, I think it was something like, "And Foreman is as composed as can be." That's how famous it was. Yeah. It was amazing. Now I want to throw out a couple honorable mentions because this was a tough list to narrow down to before I give my number one. So the Giants win the pennant. I think it was Russ Hodges was his name back in 1951 when they beat the Dodgers. Yes. The shot heard around the world, they call it. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. I believe was Jack Buck as well after Kirby Puck, Puckett's home run in the 91 World Series. Uh, and then Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Blocked by James by Mike Breen in the uh, 2016 <laughs> NBA Finals. Another good one. But the the number one selection, I don't think it could have been any anything else. And without further ado, I'll let the audio play. Do you believe in miracles? Al Michaels from the uh, 1980 Lake Placid Olympic Games when the U.S. beat the USSR in the opening game of the medal round. Uh, an iconic moment. Herb, Herb Brooks' ragtag, ragtag team of kids got it done. And for my money, the best call in sports history. It was amazing. And I, I, I like that you, you qualified it by saying the, the opening game. It, it was 
they it was huge and yep. but they still had to i think beat finland right they, they did yes yeah. yeah it was not the gold medal yeah. game as a lot of people misremembered because back then the medal play was round robin yes. so they won that and then they went and beat uh finland 2-1 i think i think the ussr beat sweden like 9-2 or something they for were the mad silver medal. Yeah. yeah they were yeah, they, they were, were upset they were pretty mad about that one but yeah for my money those are the five best uh broadcast calls on, in sports history i have to say i thought you i think you did a brilliant job and you really brought something to the show and now declinations is off and running and we'll look forward to something next week Good. I'm glad to hear. It. Is there anything? Is there anything I left off? Anything that you were waiting to hear that I didn't get to? No. I, okay. I mean, I, the 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 things that I would include in that are are the Gretzky over to the shoulder, uh, Vernon play. Uh, but those are all you know because of this is an Oilers town, right? Of course. So uh, I think you. I mean, the 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 one that I was really pleased that you ran was the Gibson home run. Yeah, that one and, was iconic. I mean, it just and. and down goes for I, I my friend Troy would be laughing if he was listening because I I would often just say that to him and then he'd finish the line because it's so famous. Yeah. So well done by you. Okay, good. good I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. I think hopefully I'm two for two on my lists. I hope you liked them and uh, yeah, we'll keep the train rolling next Friday. Well, we'll look for you're obviously doing work for it, so that's you know yeah. <laughs> making me look bad. Great job, great effort. Uh text us at one eight three three four oh one fourteen forty. John Gilly said we were talking about Regina, and I I really enjoyed my time in Regina. We lived there a total of four years. We lived there two years and then went away and then came back for two more. Enjoyed it very much. And he said the chicken fettuccine at Bartleby's used to be fabulous back in the early 90s. In a past life, I used to work at a booth at the Farm Progress Show in June in Regina. We went to Bartleby's every night for supper and then the nightlife. Well, wow. There you go. I loved Regina. I... My, my, I always say this. My wife cried going into Regina and out of Regina both times. In because we didn't know what was going on and out because we loved so many people that we left behind. Uh, and it was just a great town. If you like people, you would love Regina. Very good folks. Um, I think Low Tide needs to say something about every player. Oh, wait, he is King of Fort Nasty. That's my style, man. Is this Lansky? Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, we've got Lansky every Friday. And next Friday, he's live. And, and he's such a brilliant guest, as you saw today. He, he, he and I, we talked about Manoa. Um, and he remembered his tweet and his tweet was, I read it in a certain way and he qualified it and it, it was, we were less, uh, at odds than I thought we were when originally, and that's my, my perception, my ability to read and comprehend, which we, I mean, put me on a sofa. We can talk about that for an hour. Um, Carlos Zambrano, Dontrell Willis, endless pitchers who are done out of nowhere. The guy was a stud. Like, Alec Manoa, like, I think he will be again. Can't lose that guy. Don't forget to ask Lansky whether or not Don Whitman called the Otis final in the 80s. He did, but not 84, Chris and Penticton. It was 88. I went over that with Bruce McCurdy. In uh, DMs, Bruce, and you are right. I'm wrong. I know I've got it somewhere, but I had my ear wrong. Hey, Lotai, don't you think Connor and Leon would look amazing in King's colors? Happened to Gretzky. It could happen to Connor and Leon. Well, it, it could. I mean, there's the, the idea that Edmonton is going to have these two great players and others, Darnell Nurse, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nuge looks like the most likely. But the idea they're going to have them forever is just not realistic. I don't think. If this, if the Oilers win the cup, what would this mean to Holland? Would it be his most valued cup because he didn't win it in Detroit? Redemption cup because he still has it? Marty. I think partly all of those things. I don't know where he'd value it. 
but I, you know, if you listen to him talk, if you listen to the media avails that he has, you know, he he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And that's pretty obvious. I mean, the money helps, but he's here for a reason. Does the Alec Manoa situation mirror what happened to Marcus Stroman, Coach Mike? A little bit, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, are they bringing these cats up too young and then they're putting them into too much? I don't know. I don't, I don't have your answer. I'm just saying when when you lose Alec Manoa after the year and a half he had to start his career, then I want answers if I'm the ownership group. That, you, that was one of the most valuable pieces in baseball. It's like the the... What the hell is the name of that egg that is so valuable? It's like that. No? See, I've, I've stumped all of us. Looking up Vegemite, it sounded disgusting, kind of like Donaire meat disgusting. LOL, Brian S. I don't know what is in it. I'm sure it's just, I thought it would be like roots and grass and dirt, but I don't know. What's in Vegemite? Yeast is its main ingredient. It's like a yeast paste. Yeast mixed with water and vinegar or something like that. Good Lord, it sounds awful. Everything like separate is terrible. Fabergé egg. Damn it. Why didn't I have that? I was going to say Humpty Dumpty. I wasn't really sure where we were going. <laughs> but he was he was pretty valuable to all the king's horses and all the king's men. So I don't know. Well, they give them something to do for the weekend. You know, and then they didn't even do it. Probably got high. Uh, Lansky says Vegas decided not to allow the orders to shoot. The orders outshot Vegas in the series by 25. They hold the, they don't win until they play defense. They said about every single player team until they win. They said it about Gretzky. They said about Ovechkin. And now they're saying it about McDavid. It's a tired narrative, a tired narrative. Love the new show. Glad to have you back, Cody in Calgary. Well, Steve brings his opinion. You do not have to agree with him. I would like them to button down defensively a little bit. Those cross ices pa- passes across the middle that Leon Dreisaitl does, I love Leon. But, m- you know, maybe cut down on them. Oh, good, Al. You're telling Leon Dreisaitl what to do. That's a good idea. Let's all run that up the flagpole and see who salutes. How much, how does uh, touch them all, Joe, not make the top five? Touch them all, Joe. Declan and Low Tide, great to have you two on the air. Fantastic back and forth banner. Love it. LT still laughing about yesterday's comment on Osmond family teeth. Yeah, I, you know, I just slid that in. I didn't know that anybody would. Sometimes I say stuff and I don't think anybody will notice. And thank you for noticing. Lansky said about Manoa, when you think you're a cock of the walk, you aren't and you're done. I believe the same affliction affects Vladdy and Bo too. Been told for too many years as young men, they're far better than the others, than the faces of the franchise. Too big for their britches and being caught by professional opponents on how to be humble. Taught, sorry, from Gil. Thank you. No mention of the Joe Carter home run. That was an absolute classic. Well, whenever you do these lists, and Declan did a lot of work, obviously, you're going to leave something out that people object to or whatever. I totally get that. But I do think he gave us a cross-section. There was baseball. There was football. There was boxing. Those are great calls. Two of which I are, are my, my, two of my all-time favorite moments. Down goes Frazier and the Kirk Gibson home run. I, I got chills. I couldn't believe Kirk Gibson could barely walk. He hit a foul ball. 
uh, maybe two pitches before he hit the home run, and he would have been out from me to you. I could run faster than him now when he hit that ball. Anything but a home run, and he was screwed. Guys, did we overlook Henderson's goal? Original six. Henderson! I remember that very well. That's <laughs> my Foster Hewitt impersonation. <laughs> he, Foster Hewitt had this, this really unusual delivery and in, unusual voice. Uh, I will tell you, in my opinion, in, in the world that we live in in broadcasting, now a man with his voice would not make it to that level. It just would not happen. But he's an example of a guy who found his way. The audience found him, respected him, grew to love him, and to the point where his son, who was not the best play-by-play guy, got the job because he wanted it. That's how we do it in Canada. I mean, it's not the best, but, you know. Best call ever was Dustin Nielsen six weeks ago calling the atrocious pick six that Cornelius threw left-handed. That was funny. I remember that on a Sandy. KL. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. shot sinks to, to send the Raps to the finals. That was that was a great shot and, and a great moment for sure. Henderson in 72, obvious omission. Well, how old were you in 72? My my parents were two and three. Okay. 72. So I was, right. I was, a, I was a long ways away. And you know, you would, it would take me a long time to think of that. Mm-hmm. And I get why it's important, but touch it's not em- important to everybody who's alive today. Touch them all. Joe was one that it was, it was considered, but it, it, I, I had to pick five. Yeah. And it just, the one that it. I would have strangled you if you'd included was Dick Enberg saying he'll touch them all after Rick Monday ruined my expos. Uh, that would have, I would have been charged by, I would police. never dare. I would never yeah. dare. No. I know my audience. I hope the Oilers give Bouchard nine million bucks if it means we can dump Nurse, counting the days. Well, you know they might give him a big contract and trade Bouchard and keep Mert, Nurse, but I don't think they'll be able to keep both. Great list, guys. I don't remember who the announcer was when Brad May Mayday Mayday Jinrette, right? Would have been scored that goal. He shouted Mayday. Yep, Fabergé egg. Thank you. I appreciate that. Abe the Honest says it, and someone else said it as well. I think I prefaced it by saying, what's that really valuable egg? See, I know so much knowledge, really. I actually have a Dornier for lunch today, driving Combine. Best lunch ever, driving a Combine. Good food, no doubt about that. The thing about Humpty Dumpty is that nowhere in the poem does it say he's an egg. What? That's true, but but I believe that when the the poem or the story came out, it came with a picture book. So they didn't need to say he was an egg because it was visually there. But this is 2023 where everything is questioned. Yeah, that's true. I listen, I, I did Humpty Dumpty get the jab? <laughs> that's we, we got to ask him. That's a good question. <laughs> See, Vaxed? this is low tide not making things better. This is what I do. This is the joy I bring to people. Yeah, people are. That was a good one. That was your best one moment of the week. <laughs> uh, you know, and I shouldn't go there because I all I'm doing is I'm doing that thing where you poke the bear, right? But Low Tide, great to hear you on the air again. 
And I see you're still trying to run Leon out of town. By the way, I'm with the new guy. Cheese is overrated. Keep up the great work. How can you overrate cheese? Cheese on a shoe is good. I'll tell you what. If you poured cheese on a car battery, I would think about eating it. That's how much I love cheese. I mean, it would have to be a new car battery. Recently cleaned. Predictions. Watch out for Seattle and Calgary this year. Calgary's going to rebound. They were terrible last year. Still made the playoffs. Definitely going to be better this year. Are built for playoff hockey. Seattle's a fast team with four lines. Oilers have tough time with their speedy teams the last bunch of years. Oilers are fast. I'm still laughing about you saying Abe Vigoda was a good-looking man right up there with Don Rickles. Um, there have been some some guys who ended up being leading men in Hollywood, like getting leading man roles, who were not... A, Ernest Borgnine, I mean, that that is not a handsome man. But he had great roles, and, and uh, he was very famous. Not everybody can be Sidney Poitier. Am I going late? Is that what you're telling me? No, just a tad. I didn't want to say anything, but well, you know, we, it's we one, got bills to pay. It's we 140. We're five minutes past the break. We should do something. All right. This is Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. 44. This is the Lowdown. Man, I like that song. Well done. Good on the music today. It's not bad, right? Yeah. Lowdown driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Low Tide, great to hear your voice again. Well, thank you. How do you see Dylan Holloway fitting in this season, or do you see Lavoie making the team as well? I, I see Raphael Lavoie making the team, as do I, as do I see. Well, whatever I mean, <laughs> I think they'll both make the team. Al, I think that Swift kid in Philly is a really good running back. He, that was crazy last night. You know, they, they did not, they played well and then they didn't play well and they've done it twice in a row now and they've won both games. They've got to put a, a, a complete, a, a complete game together. Where are you on the worry meter on a scale of one to 10? Well, they're, they're two and oh. I mean, they're going to lose a game here. If they keep playing like this, they're going to lose two in a row. But I, you know, it's a long year. I don't know that they're going to win the division, but I'm confident they'll make the playoffs. Sweet child of mine, welcome to the jungle. We're still talking about Guns N' Roses. I lost badly on the November rain bet. I'm still right, but, you know, I'm ahead of my time. The Bill Buckner era, I I, I don't want to watch that anymore. I felt so bad for him. One of my favorite was Car, uh, Car, Kevin Harlan talk, calling the streaker. Hilarious. I remember Danny Gallivan in about 74. He's calling a Bruins-Canadians game. And he goes, and there goes Mahovlich streaking down the ice. And then he goes, I'm going to have to rethink that word. <laughs> and because it was Danny Gallivan, it was just flat out funny because that's how he was. He was dry. Who was the broadcaster who called the Milbury's got a shoe? He's in the stands. Do you know who that was? No. Yeah, I don't know who that one is either off either. the top of my head. But that was a, that one maybe that, should have made the that one was That was iconic. amazing. It yep. really was. Yep. Low Tide, I also don't like cheese, but I do love cheesies. I love cheesies. Hawkins cheesies, man. Fresh Hawkins cheesies. If I, if I, if I knew they were fresh all the time, that would be, I don't eat potato chips anymore, but if I did, I would totally eat that. 
I absolutely hate people, how people go after Nurse. Are these guys Flames fans starting something? Nurse is absolutely fantastic. Over 40 points, 5 on 5, defending elites. How many of those are there? It's not like McDavid and Dreisaitl are elite defending centers like Bergeron. Our defense is very good. This is an awesome team. Just some changes on how we defend, and a cup is there. I agree with everything you've written. I, I've never understood the, the Darnell Nurse uh, uh, pushback, and I think that the best thing that happened to Darnell Nurse was the acquisition of Matthias Ekholm, because he's got somebody to share the elite minutes with. It's going to be a good thing. Big fan of Kevin Harlan, Norman a Combine. Does Norm work? Is he living in the Combine and not work? Because there's a lot of stuff coming from Norm, and I don't know if he's actually Combining or just living there. I, I trust him. I think you can text and Combine at the same time. Well, text, listen, and Combine, the trifecta. I think he's got it down. He has a system, you know? I don't question it. But Norm is, is he, oh, does he, maybe he should say when he's not in the combine, Norm not currently in the combine. Norm on the couch. <laughs> Norm at Subway. Okay. Norm's falling down. <laughs> Norm in the pool. Yeah, okay. I like it. Norm having a beer. Norm a little tipsy. Norm getting the shot. <laughs> uh, welcome to our last show. Um... Oh, he is. Damn. You doubted him. You And he came with receipts. He did. How no, dare you? No, no, that's, How dare you? There's no doubt. Norm, I've been in a combine. Worth. That man is in a combine. I was defending his honor. I said he can text and listen and combine no. at the same time. I believed him all the this way is through. My, this is my, this is my, this is the Lord telling me to shut my mouth about Norm in a combine. This is, this is when the, the serfs turn their back on the proletariat <laughs> low tide for comments like this. Well, no, that's a hell of a pull. I just wanted something to, uh, to do with Renaissance France. Well done. Not bad. I got to play against Brad May in the Alzheimer's tournament last April at the opening faceoff. I said, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. And he looked at me and said, wasn't that the best call ever? Super nice guy. That's a great story. The Eagles uh, do have to meet the Dallas Cowboys defense buzzsaw two times this year. So the division goes to the Cowboys. We'll see. I'm not going to brag, and I'm not going to you know, back down. I think they're two really good teams. We'll see. A lot of receivers on Philadelphia who could burn Trayvon Diggs. That's all I'm going to say. Well, we'll see. Maybe they'll make a move. Dallas is like uh, they're all in squared is what they are. I do wonder about the Dallas Cowboys because – you know, the Cowboys are either great with a fantastic quarterback and win multiple Super Bowls, or it's crickets. They're not a one-off kind of team, and I don't see them as being that, imp- like, they're very good, and they could win a Super Bowl, but historically, when they win a Super Bowl, they win two or three, and I don't think this team has that. Does that make sense? I, I get exactly where you're coming from. I don't think, I don't think the roster put on paper by Jerry Jones right now has dynasty attached to it. But like you said, I think season in, season out, they can win a Super Bowl just the same way any can. I like Dak as a quarterback. I think Tony's a fine running back. They have weapons. I like their defense. I don't I don't think it's out of the question, but a dynasty, no chance. It's not the Cowboys have passed. You know, I made a dreadful error on this show today, and I have to apologize to the farming community because John Gulley has just sent in a picture of him in a combine. And so never question the work ethic of the farmer. Mm. And I did with Norm, and uh, now I feel shame. Eat your cake, because they're coming. Well, I just, I mean, 
I, all I can say is I always buy Alberta produce and I always buy Alberta, Alberta, Alberta because I love our farmers. They're the, uh, the most important thing. Although oil is also very important. I don't right. want to offend anybody in that area. No, I hit all the bases. Well. All right. Yeah, I know, I know better to than question them. They're always hard working. By the way, uh, tonight, if you can make it, I, there's some, not a lot of tickets available, but the Will and the Wolf have got a brand new album out called Envy, and everybody's talking about it. They are playing tonight at the Starlight Room, and I will be there. It starts at 7. We're going to get there around 9.30, and I think at 11 o'clock the band goes on. I, what kind of shredded cheese am I going to look like at 11 o'clock tonight? I mean, it's it's not going to be pretty. Who's that guy stuffed into blue jeans over there? <laughs> anyway, I'm doing it for friends, and I'm doing it because they're a very talented band, and you should join me too. Now, do you sleep, if you have to do something like later on, um, do you sleep at all? Me personally? Day? Like take a nap? Oh, I love naps. I yeah. love naps. I'll take a nap till 11 p.m., wake up and go to bed at 11.15. That's how much I love naps. But yeah, if I have something to do, I'll take a nap. For when sure. I was a, a youngster, like maybe from three till about eight years old, my grandma, after lunch, she would say, okay, now it's time for quiet time. Why don't you lay down? And she had this quilt that was, it was like I was a kid, but it, you, she put the quilt on and you felt like you couldn't get out from under the quilt. That's how heavy it was. And there was a pillow and I fell asleep every time. And I grew to love the nap. And I have ever since. Easy low tide. I'm also a welder. Ha ha ha. From Norman at Combine. Uh, Farmer Jesse, I challenged Norm to a combine duel. Do you know how much money a combine costs? No idea. It's a lot. Like, you, you know, it's, it's the kind of money that you and I will never see. Okay. And, and the bank owns it, but still, not always. Farming used to be something you could do as a family. And now if you're the family, comb- if you're a family that owns combines and you're farming, then you are a big damn family. And you've been doing it for generations. And you gotta, you know, the old line about if you, do you want to be a, a farmer with uh, who's a millionaire? Yeah, yeah. It's it, how do you make a how do you make a small fortune in farming? Start with a large fortune. Start with a big one. <laughs> Alberta farmers are the backbone of our society. They are. I love them because you know they're they're the kind of people, men and women, who are like they're they're driving Massey Harris tractors, and the part falls off, and they there's not one in town, so they make the damn thing. I don't know if that still happens, but I love farmers. Good people. My dad was a farmer. But when you're a farmer, you're everything, right? You know, you, you, you do everything. One year he didn't farm, he hacked ties for the, for the government, for the railroad. And, you know, you're, you're always doing something. You're always busy. There's always something to do. Fix a fence. Right now. Right now they're out working hard, and we appreciate them. And I will, I will, I will go back and feel shame about what I said earlier. I once pulled up beside my uncle cutting a peach in the combine. Does that mean something that I shouldn't say? Because sometimes that happens. Combine demolition derby every Canada Day rodeo in Thorhill. Let Norm know. Cheers, Paul. 
That would bring somebody to tears if they paid for the combine, I think. So week two in the books. We did good, I think. You think we did okay? Yeah. All right. Good, good. That's what, that's I mean, what it's about. D- now, do we want to tease next week at all? I'm going to try to get Murata Tesh on Monday. He writes for Winnipeg Athletic for the Jets, and they're playing Edmonton, the Young Stars. And Murat's one of my favorite people in the world. So I, I like to get updates on his mom, on uh, Winnipeg things that I know, uh, like the Viscount Gort Hotel. So maybe we'll have him on Monday. Who, who else do we have? Oh, and Daniel Nugent Bowman will join us on Tuesday. I got confirmation from him. He's back. So everybody who loves his writing, stay tuned for that. All right, Jason Greger on the way to kickstart the weekend. I will be joining him at 20 after 5 to do my regular uh, routine with him. It's a dance tonight, a little bit of a uh, routine that I have and some karaoke. It's going to be lovely. Stay tuned for that. It's time now for a sports update.